everyone's break hope it was good um if i were to fill you in on everything that's happened in the past two weeks i might be violating a criminal investigation so let's sum it up real quick i saw my dog it was awesome i saw the noah khan concert last night um that was beautiful i'm still kind of in shock from it so given that today's probably going to be a messy episode you can blame noah i want you to find him and tell him that it's his fault for being so good. But yeah, just spring's coming, which is wonderful, but it's still kind of cold, wet, and gray, so what better way to brighten our day with a bit of historical badassery? You know me, Mary Jane, your host for the best podcast this side of the Mississippi, Her Story, where we talk about the legacies of women who were passionate bold and had their own foothold on history many of them we don't really get to learn about and that is a shame because i could have used our heroine as a role model much earlier in my life than now today we are talking about ahilyabai hokar queen of malwa this indian ruler was compassionate strong and basically made her er her region a cultural hub all because she was adept, strong, and stood up in the face of male stupidity, aka a coup. Without further ado, because I know these intros just kind of tend to spiral into Lord knows where, let's get started. Ahilyabai Hokar was born on May 31st, 1725. Her father was the chief of the town of Chondi, which was part of the Maratha Empire. He was also the one who insisted Ahilyabai be taught to read and write when most girls in the village did not receive any formal education. Her father actually made sure to tutor her at home because there's been a very interesting theme you can see in a lot of earlier time periods, even I guess now, if you depending on the region, where women were not invited into educational spaces. So to have a father who cared enough that she was literate and educated in the least sense is a really important factor that's really important not to overlook, especially as we start, you know, getting to whole future queen stuff. Ahilyabai wasn't actually royalty, even though she came from a good family, her father was the chief, so she wasn't royalty, but she would end up marrying into one of the most powerful families in India, kind of just through chance. Malhar Rao Hokar, lord of the Malwa territory, was passing by Chandai when he saw little Ahilyabai feeding the poor during a temple service. He was so impressed when he noticed her charity and confidence that he proposed Ahilyabai marry his son. Let me tell you, when I was reading this, I had a full-on heart attack, thinking that we might have another inappropriate age gap child bride situation on our hands. Like, I was like, oh, he saw a girl who was strong and confident and beautiful, and I immediately was like, no, 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 please don't do this. Good news, no inappropriate age gap. Um, we do still have a child bride, so we're still working on that front. Malhau Rao's son, Kandero Hokar, was 10 years old when he married 8-year-old Ahilyabai. That's still not great. Not in terms of age gap, but in terms of, like, 
marrying off children. Um, let me be very clear that her story does not endo- does not endorse child marriages of any kind, even when the age gap is appropriate. Just putting that out there, not good. So kind of overnight, Ahilyabai just kind of like became a princess, which is pretty insane and really good turn of luck for the Malwa because gosh darn are they going to need her. So Ahilyabai went to be raised by her mother-in-law, Gutamabai, who taught her to handle administrative work, accounts, politics, and eventually handed over parts of her lands and positions to Ahilyabai. So she's coming into a lot of responsibility, but her mother-in-law was a really warm and compassionate and very educational role model for her, which is wonderful. I feel like every time you hear about someone marrying into a royal family, especially if they don't come from royalty themselves, like every movie I watch, the queen mother or the queen mother-in-law figure is absolutely psychotic. So very nice for once to see like a an actually focused mother-in-law, which is very good considering that the princess is now 10. Ahilyabai would often accompany her husband on military campaigns, and the couple had one son, Mali Rao Hokar. And I think the couple actually liked each other? It's hard to tell in these old documents, but at the very least, her in-laws really liked her, so that's good. Unfortunately, Ahilyabai's husband was killed during the Battle of Combert, which was fought over like five months in 1754 between the Jats, Maratha, and the Mughals. Get this, homeboy wasn't just killed. Kandirao was hit with a cannonball. Wow. Top 10 list of ways I want to go, that's not on it. Ahilyabai was actually 29 when he died, leaving their son as the heir to the kingdom. Upon his death, Ahilyabai firmly decided she would commit sati. Sati, thank goodness, is no longer practiced. It's a part of Hinduism, where a widow would burn herself alive upon her husband's funeral pyre so that their souls could ascend to heaven together. This could be done willingly or unwillingly. There's a a lot of gray space there. But wives who didn't commit sati were often shamed by the community. Ahilibai was resolute in her decision, although many begged her not to go through with it. Malhal Rao actually begged her not to do it. He said that he had already lost his son and she was the only daughter he had to care for him. He actually told Ahilibai that if she was really going to die, she had to let him die first so he wouldn't be so alone. Malhal Rao was probably Ahilyabai's biggest supporter and really valued her both as a daughter and a political partner. When Malhal Rao had to reassume the mantle of king, he relied on Ahilyabai. She led the military expansion and organized expeditions of troops around 1765, handling civil matters on top of actually leading her army. When the king was too busy with one invasion to put down another, Ahilyabai led troops to recapture a key fort and succeeded, turning the tide in the conflict. But in 1766, only 12 years after the death of his son, Mahal Rao passed away. The throne fell to Ahilyabai's young son, whom she ruled for as regent, but the new king died in April of 1767. Good lord, people! Kings of Indore are dropping like flies! So, you can probably imagine this is all pretty awful. Um, Ahilyabai has lost her husband, her father-in-law, 
and now her son, all in the span of like about a decade. The fact that she does anything productive after this is just insane. It was at this point that Hiliabai petitioned King Madhav Rao I, who was actually king of a larger empire that the Holkar dynasty had been a part of, and she asked him for permission to assume the throne as sole ruler. So we've seen this before. People are objecting because she's not royal-born and all that jazz, but because she is such a competent military leader, and is so well-versed in the civil facets of ruling, the army of Holkar actually sided with Ahilyabai. Given her experience and the military support, the king gave Ahilyabai control of the throne, giving military power to her husband's adopted son. What followed was a period of compassion and enlightenment that continued a golden age of Holkar rule. She ascended the throne of Indore on December 11, 1767, and within the first year of her reign, one of her ministers, believing she was only a weak widow, orchestrated a rebellion to toss her off the throne. <laughs> they thought they were being all sly, preparing a huge attack. But really, Ahilibai's spies saw him coming from miles away. Literally. And believe it or not, Ahilibai was not down for insubordination and immediately consolidated allies of her late father-in-law to fight back. She led the Holkar army on the battlefield against said traitors, accompanied by her all-female guard. Yes. Phenomenal. It's like the Dahomey, or the Amazons. Which reminds me, if you haven't seen The Woman King on Netflix starring Viola Davis, do yourselves a favor. That is her story endorsed. If it's, like, super inaccurate and you come at me in the comments... Good luck, we haven't turned the comments on. I will happily, happily ignore you and just keep on loving Viola Davis, so take that. Where were we? Oh, yeah, with her all-female guard. 10 out of 10. Phenomenal. And attacked this guy named Ganghada Rao, who's basically the poster child of, boy, did you fuck up. Ganghada Rao saw this whole army assembled ready to kick his ass and absolutely freaked out and retreated, saying he had just come to offer her condolences. What? Attack you with this whole army I brought? <laughs> no way. No way. Still, Ahilyabai kept the idiot under house arrest, and although she lost a powerful advisor, she was firmly able to claim power on the throne and keep her kingdom from more warfare. So, absolutely solid, 10 out of 10. So, other than, like, reorganizing the military and capturing forts and leading armies and having an all-female guard, which I'm not going to stop talking about because I'm absolutely in love with that fact. So, we can all agree her military successes are pretty on brand to the point where she's able to scare people off the battlefield without even drawing a sword. But her philanthropy is really what made the region thrive. Ahilyabai was famous for constructing temples, wells, rest houses, sponsoring festivals, and encouraging pilgrims to come through the region, which increased tourism and the faith of Hinduism in her community. Maheshwar became a literary center. She sponsored poets, new innovations, including technologies and designs, developed the textile industry to the point where textile makers were highly valued and were able to produce incredible pieces for the market. She's 
she sponsored sculptures, artisans, and cultural centers. Basically, anything you can imagine to make a city stronger, she did. And I know we're all sitting here like, oh, well, like, why is it important that she built a well? Imagine if you didn't have water. Wells are important. This is very important. Ahilyabai really wanted to make sure that the people were in, had their own power in the government. So she held public audiences every day to invite those who'd been wronged or who had ideas on how to improve the kingdom to speak with her. She was really a ruler of the people because she had come from pretty much a normal family and had now ascended to the highest position in the region. And through her, she was able to empower others into being more self-sufficient. That was a big goal of her reign, is to have even the most simple farmer feel like they could be self-sufficient. Through her work, there were houses for the poor and orphans, and they were always given what they were needed, according to writer Annie Besant. There were caravans that were encouraged to come through. Trees were planted. Festivals were started. Literally, the whole city was just thriving. Unfortunately, even through her incredible work connecting with people and through her improvement on the city, her life was still marred with tragedy. She had a daughter who, unfortunately, had her husband's death very early into the marriage. And when she did lose her daughter to Sati, when her daughter jumped on the funeral pile of her husband, which we believe was very devastating for Lahiliabai. But it shows that even though she didn't go through this, it was still a really big part of the region. And I just, sitting here thinking, losing her husband, we don't know if she was ever still in contact with her family after this. Basically, everyone she's ever loved is taken from her, and still, she shows up every day. Ahiliabai passed away when she was 17 years old, succeeded by her commander-in-chief. Today, her portraits grace so many parts of Malwa. Festivals still continue in her honor, and it is said that Indor mourned for an incredibly long time this beloved queen, who is still cherished and held up as a figure of virtue and strength to this day. This wasn't a long episode, but gosh, was it a good one. I love Ahilya by Hokar. And if you're sitting here like, Mary Jane, why is it important that she helped military soldiers transition into being sustainable farmers and improve the lives of the people while also stopping military campaign? Listen to yourself. Is this the first episode you've ever listened to? Foolish. We're not here for you. We're not here for me. We are here to talk about badass women. Even the act of participating in any kind of politics in the olden days, even now, literally, could be seen as radical. And yet Ahilyabai took control with such grace and strength, despite great personal loss. 
and was absolutely revered, living all the way to 70, which, like, remember, olden days. She was surviving on spite and compassion and divine strength, most likely. What we need in this day and age is a little bit more a hilly by. So please, do your own research. I feel like I always put that forward, but, like, I'm in school. I don't have time to read 30 books on a hilly by. I want to. You might have that time. Please do that. Please do that for me. That would be so nice. So what do I say? How do I end? How do I wrap up a Hilibai Hokar in a little tiny bow? I can't. She's phenomenal. I'm phenomenal. You're phenomenal. Let's just leave it at that. Again, another very confusing outro, but hey, I have not had any caffeine, so you should just be grateful I was a I was conscious for this. Hopefully next week I am a little bit more um, caffeinated, awake, not being pursued by criminals. We'll see. We'll see. You know what? We'll just let the future, future tell us. So once again, my name is Mary Jane, and I want to thank you for joining me in another episode of Her Story. Thank you.